Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Our hope is all because of Jesus. Really is. I want to make some quick announcements before we get into the series totally and completely here tonight. Beginning tonight through Tuesday night, 6 to 8 p.m., we have nights of prayer. First three days, first, you know, um, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday of the month, we get together and we pray in here. Show up. If you can come 30 minutes, an hour, two hours, great. We'll be in here praying tonight, 6 to 8 p.m. tonight, tomorrow night, and Tuesday night. We call it nights of prayer. So you're welcome to come to that. We'd love to have you. Say, man, I've been struggling. I don't know what it is. Start with praying more. God's even dealt with me about that over the years. Start with praying more. Start there. Okay. Don't forget, next Sunday, right here, same place, same time, 10 a.m., Pastor Jan is going to bring the word next Sunday morning. So show up, invite people. Her first time doing a Sunday morning, it's a big deal to me, it's a big deal to her, it's a big deal to us. So show up. Not just ladies, it's for women and men and everybody. You're going to have a lot of fun you're going to receive. If you've received from Pastor Jan many times, sharing at the end of worship or sharing a word, you will definitely receive something from God next Sunday. And last thing, beginning today, today is December 1st, right? want to challenge you. Saw something on Facebook that Pastor Jen showed me. And I started today. I thought, that's a brilliant idea. There are 24 chapters in the book of Luke. So if you start today, reading a chapter a day, on Christmas Eve, you finish the book of Luke, and you learn that much more about the life of Jesus. All right? What a perfect time to read about Jesus, his birth, his life, his death, and his resurrection. So start with me today. I want to challenge you. Start in Luke chapter 1. I already read the first chapter. I'm into the second chapter. It's powerful. It's good. You need it. Read it, okay? Read with me. I challenge you. Let's check it out. The book of Luke. We'll be finishing up by Christmas Eve. I'm reminded of a story. I read it years ago. It must have been, yeah, it was the, must have been the, the spring of 2001. I just graduated from college. And I read a story that was really fascinating about this guy, and he, he was a little bitty dude. He was underweight. He was odd-looking. They actually called him the mule. Not a, not a great nickname. I don't know. I guess maybe if you're a hard worker or you're stubborn, I don't know. But they called him the mule. I don't know if it was because of his looks. It was a story I read. I don't know that it's based on a true story, but it's a story nonetheless. And Believe it or not, this little bitty dude who seemed very weak, not very imposing, not very strong or intimidating, he wasn't scary at all, how would he defeat his enemy? He would lead armies, and he didn't even need to lead the armies because here is how he would defeat his enemy. And he could beat one army after another. He had an instrument that he, that he would play, some kind of futuristic harp or something, and when he would play that instrument and sing... He could put hopelessness on all of his rivals. Hopelessness. He didn't have to, have to waste bullets, didn't have to have men or women die. He would take over entire countries because he would, he would play his song. It sounds almost like Satan, doesn't it? He would play his song of hopelessness and despair. And long before he got there, people would say, man, we heard the mule is coming. Man, there's no way we can fight against him. Like he's He's seven foot tall. He's unstoppable. His armies. And by the time he got there, it didn't matter who he was or what he looked like because they had fallen into despair and hopelessness. 
If the devil can rob your hope, then he can rob your joy. And if he can rob your joy, he's already got you beaten. Some of you in here, you've struggled through it, maybe through this holiday season already. You said, man, I don't want it to be like last year. I'm struggling with this or I'm struggling with that. Do not let the enemy rob your hope. Now this morning, the thrill of hope, it's all because of Jesus. I pray that you receive hope this morning, but I pray that you receive the revelation that so much more than you receiving hope, you be a carrier of hope and you give hope to people around you like Jesus did. You're going to see how he did that, and you're going to see how you can do it as well, all right? This is all, all because of Jesus. His life brings hope. So how about your life in him? That's my question this morning. The thrill of hope. Let's go to Luke 4.18. Look at what Jesus said. This has always brought me hope. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news. Does good news bring hope? Bad news robs your hope. Like these people in the story I told you about, they would have despair. Oh man, I guess we're just not going to fight. We're going to give up. We've already lost anyway. Why fight? Good news to who? To the poor. Wow. And to the poor in spirit as well. Those that lack from God. Those that need God in their lives. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released. Recently, I forget which state it was. Was it Oklahoma? Where 450... Minor offense uh, criminals, somehow, they were in prison. They were released early. Their sentences got changed. Did you guys hear about that? Can you imagine the hope of being a captive and getting released? You're in jail, and it wasn't that serious of an offense, perhaps. I don't know all the details on that, but I'm reminded of it. I saw it. I think it was Oklahoma. Something changed, and they released 450 prisoners. Wow, what would that feel like? Well, you need to remember as a believer, if you've already accepted Jesus as your Savior, what did it feel like when the hope of life and a future with God first settled on you when you accepted Jesus? I want you to remember that today because you need to share it with people. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released. What else? That the blind will see, not just the physically blind, the spiritually blind, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Man, that's a very hopeful message, isn't it? Jesus stood up and read this out of the prophet Isaiah and sat down at church. <laughs> and everybody's eyes were on him. And he said, this is all happening today. It's being fulfilled in your lives today. Jesus, he came and lived that. The time of the Lord's favor has come. One translation says, to proclaim the year of the Lord's good favor. Oh, that's powerful. How many of you want the year of the Lord's good favor coming up in 2020? Why not? 2020 is so symbolic, so significant, not just for 2020 vision and being able to see and having vision, but man, it's another year. We've waited for it. Some of us thought, man, we didn't ever think we'd make it here, but here we are. 2020 is right on you, and now we have Jesus in our lives. And if you don't, you can accept him this morning, but we'll get there. You can share Hope, all, all, all because of Jesus. Here's the hope that I saw that Jesus brought. And here's one way that I believe he brought hope, and that is he came to serve. He came to serve. Now, I understand that serving comes easier to some personalities. Some are naturally gifted at it. There are those that have the calling of a hostess on their lives, ladies, or men as hosts. You're very hospitable, you serve well, you're good at it, you've practiced it. Some are not, we're not as naturally gifted as it, at, at serving. But Jesus showed up 
And I don't know if you've ever seen it this way, and we've been talking about this a lot the last few months because I want to really wrap up the year giving glory to God for the sacrifice of Jesus and his life and his birth and his death and his resurrection. But Jesus came serving when he healed the sick. Did you know that? What about this? Remember the wedding at Cana? It wasn't even his time yet, and they ran out of wine or grape juice, right? We can go into all the whatever, but they ran out of it party drink and Jesus was at a wedding and his mom comes up to him this is powerful to me this mom comes up to him his mom comes up and says they ran out and what does he tell her if you remember your scripture he says woman one translation says dear woman says woman it's not my time yet I don't know how she knew, but she knew. She'd, guard, she'd kept all these things in her heart. Maybe she'd seen, she knew he was the son of God, but I don't know how she knew he could do this miracle, but she, she just came and stated a fact and goes, hey, um, you know, they're out of, they're out of stuff at this, at this wedding. And he says, it's not my time. And then she, I guess she ignores him. Can you do that? He was God in the flesh, but he was also her son. So she's like, and she tells the master of ceremonies, the head of the servants, whatever he tells you to do, do it. And Jesus was catapulted into a ministry of service just like that. Wasn't his time yet. We can get into all that. I don't know, but he did it. I, I feel like the largest reason he did that is because he was honoring his mom. I really do. It's not my time, but Scripture tells us that when he was 12, he got left behind in Jerusalem at the temple and stuff. He was discussing doctrine and the word with, with Pharisees and teachers of the law. And Scripture says, near the end of that text, it says he returned home with them, and he honored them. He was subject to them and everything. He treated them just like parents. He always did. But I find it fascinating that the Holy Spirit wanted that in Scripture. He honored his parents. And one way he honored was by serving. Yeah. Mom said, hey, they're out of stuff. It ain't my time. Hey, yeah, okay. Well, whatever he says to do, do it. And he did it, and the rest is history, right? Jesus came to serve. He healed the sick. Man, at one point, he washed his disciples' feet. I still haven't done that yet. For Have I, have I ever washed your feet, baby? I've massaged your feet. I haven't washed your feet. I've rubbed your feet. That's serving. But you know, hey, sit down. We're going to do a foot washing type thing. No, I mean... I haven't. I remember when I was growing up, and there's a lot less of it now, but clerks at stores would say, how may I help you? There's few and far between that there are those that say that still. How may I help you? How may I serve you? How can I, how can I serve you? Let's go to Mark 10.45. This is what Jesus said. This blows me away. For even the Son of Man, he referred to himself as the Son of Man, came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. As I go through these points today, I want you to really take spiritual inventory. I want you to take a physical inventory, an activity inventory, and say, am I doing this? And if not, can I do more of this? Because you can receive hope. You don't realize it, but you receive hope from God by serving and doing these steps today that I'm giving, these things that Jesus did. You receive hope as well as give hope. I know there's been seasons in my life where 
man, I was struggling or going through something and somebody served me. And I thought, wow, that just brightened my eyes. That gave me hope. I needed, I needed them to come in and, and strengthen me and they did it and they showed up and it changed everything. Have you ever had that before? How may I serve you? It's a very honorable thing. I don't know why in different cultures it's not, but to me it's always been an honorable thing to be a waiter or a waitress. I always thought so. Because they're serving. And they should be tipped for that. They should be paid for that. I've always found it fascinating. In other cultures, I believe it was in China years ago, I heard that waiters and servers were some of the lowest on the social scale. Some of these Asian countries, people could get their food and throw it on the floor and say, I don't, I don't like it. Get that out of here. That's strange to me because I feel like that's an honorable job to serve. And we even, even policemen say to protect and serve. Even those that get elected to public office say, I'm here to serve. So we've got to remember that as believers especially, you are called to serve. Somebody in this house say, I am called to serve. You really are. Say, I am called to serve. Yeah, you're a difference maker. You're the light of the world. Jesus came to serve. It gave others hope. It gives us hope. But now when you serve, you can also be the light of Jesus to the world and give them hope. Serve them. Number two today. I know this ties into serving, but I wanted to draw a distinction between these, these two. You've also been asked this at restaurants, right? I, I stumbled and said that a while ago. May I help you? Jesus' ministry helped the poor, right? Scripture says they had a money bag. One of the stories is told where Je Judas, he had the money bag, and he was talking about helping the poor. Well, Jesus' ministry, they helped the poor, and Jesus mentioned the poor often. Helping somebody is so much more than just something to do. Okay? It's someone to love. This holiday season and the rest of your lives, I pray you get a grip on this. I pray that it becomes a revelation to you. I pray and believe in Jesus' name that you learn to serve and to help, but always, always. Do it, do it often. Do it every day. There's a guy that walks by here, and I just feel led. He... He's never told me yes. I don't know if he's homeless. He may be, but he, he wanders through here. And I, over the years, I've offered him stuff, and he wants nothing. Sometimes he ignores me. But I saw him this morning, and I thought, man, Lord, I just want to, not just because I'm preaching it. I mean, I got to the front door of the church, and I turned around. And I said, I, he's going to say no, but I need to offer this guy something. Hey, can I? Can I help you with something? Can I give you something? Can I? No, thank you. He just keeps walking. Never wants anything from me. I'm sure he does that to everybody. It doesn't offend me, but I thought, man, does that mean I'm going to stop trying to help? No, never. And I know some of you, maybe, maybe you, you have a wife or your mom used to tell you this. It's funny how my wife and my mom have some little mannerisms and sayings that are very similar, and they're just naturally in both of them. My mom used to say, babe, would you... Would you stop helping me? My wife has told me that in the kitchen. Because I get real helpful, and we have a small kitchen, and the way it's angled, she can go to the stove and start working. And I'm like, I'm going to empty the dishwasher. Well, when you drop the dishwasher, it blocks the stove. Helpful guy. Hey, baby. And she's like, baby, I love you. Can we do this later? Or would you not help me right now? Or can, can we put this off? Can we get a deferment? Can we postpone it? 
No, we'll just stand right there real close, real close, to this, and I'm going to drop this thing, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to empty it because I'm in here with you, and I just want to help. I'm like some kind of friendly dog that way. I just want to be in there with you. Let's just do stuff. It doesn't make sense. Don't help me. <laughs> Can you, my wife, I don't know how many times she said, baby, would you stop helping me? It's messing me up. I'm all reaching over and going, did you do that? And how about this? And look at this one. And oh, how about this? She's like, don't help me right now. I know you mean well. Does that mean I'm going to stop helping? No. I'm going to help. I'm going to help because Jesus did. His ministry did. Let's go to Isaiah 58.10. Look at this one. It's a chapter on fasting, but look at this text right here. Feed the hungry and help. Help those in trouble. Say, man, they didn't help me when I needed it, so I'm not going to help anybody. Nope. Don't miss the point here because why? Feed the hungry and help those in trouble or try to. Then your light, somebody say my light. Yeah, then your light will shine out from the darkness and the darkness around you will be as bright as noon. Heard stories of sailors, man. Being in ships, true stories. They say, man, we thought we were going to die that night. We did our best. We held on to everything we could. Our ship was in a storm and we just prayed for daylight. Why? Because the daylight brings hope. You can see better. Let's read that again. Feed the hungry and help those in trouble. I love that. Help those in trouble. My second point today, help those in trouble. Then your light will shine out from the darkness, and the darkness around you will be as bright as noon. Just, just by helping? Yeah, just help. We've found people over the years, people on the property that needed medical attention or needed food or needed something. Whether people admit it or not, we all need help somewhere. Don't you want to be like Jesus? Because he came to serve, he came to help. He helped the poor. My point three today, this is, we're going to see what we do with this, but I am not naturally gifted at this regardless of the shape or size of my ears. Have you ever listened but not listened? Yeah, I got it. I got it. I got it. Bring up my wife again. My wife tells me sometimes, baby, I know you're hyper right now. You're having fun. But would you, would you listen? Listen. Really listen to me. And I need that because I'm not naturally a good listener. Now, when I listen, though, there's times, man, where I feel like God's grace comes upon me and I listen really well. At other times, I just don't. You want to have the thrill of hope in your life? You want to give the thrill of hope to others? You need to listen. Learn to listen to God, first of all. Learn to listen to God through his word. You say, man, I'm not reading in a Bible plan. Read through Luke like I suggested this morning. Read with me through Luke this month. Learn to listen to God's voice. Learn to listen to others. Jesus, he listened. Had you ever noticed in Scripture that he listened to people talk about their needs? Can you imagine everywhere he went, people were going, Master, help me. I need you. My son's demon-possessed. I can't see. I can't walk. They're always talking to him. And Jesus was always listening. Did you notice that? He listened to the woman at the well. He knew her story, but he also listened to what she had to say, and he engaged her and responded to her. Jesus was a gifted listener. He listened to people's needs, and so should you. Here's what i got to say this morning. These different points, you're going to notice that it gives others light and hope, but it gives us light and hope as well. Don't you forget that. 
So as you listen, it's going to bless you too. There's been times I've had people, and I'm a pastor, obviously, but as people have showed up to talk to me, there's been times I had very little for them besides let me pray with you. Many times I've just listened to people for an hour, and they've talked to me, and it helped them, and man, it was a blessing to me. I was able to give them hope, and it gave me hope. I said, man, God used me to be able to help somebody listen to them, what they're going through. Listen. Here's what I want to ask you this morning. I want to really get into your hearts. Is there somebody you need to listen to more and better? Think about it. Do you need to listen to someone? Maybe it's your spouse, your kids, grandma, neighbor, a boss. Do you need to be a better listener? Jesus was a fabulous listener. Oh, and there's times I'm telling you right now, been such a weakness of mine historically, and I have such a good memory. I can tell you year and month, and God's blessed me with a good memory, and I can tell you all this stuff. But then sometimes someone will go, yeah, I told you that. And I'm like, you did? When? How did I not catch that? Did I forget, or was I just not listening? I don't know. But I need to listen better. I really need to listen better. Maybe you do too. Maybe you're a gifted listener, but we can always do better. Jesus did. He was always listening to people's needs. He was always listening. I love that. He was listening in conversations. He spoke, but he also listened and addressed people. I love that. That's number three today. We have serve, help, listen. Let's go to Acts 20.35. I love this verse. And I have been, one of the apostles talking here, I have been a constant example of how you can help those in need by what? Working hard. You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. I remember the first time my, my dad told me that. It might have been at Christmas. You know, it is more blessed to give than to receive. I was like, what? I feel way more blessed receiving than giving, right? <laughs> but Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. We, uh, we have a lifestyle of giving. My wife and I, we just love to give. We love to help people. We, we like to give. I know all of you in here are the same way. But we went to eat breakfast with the family Friday morning, and we practice giving. We do. Well, our sister-in-law, Siobhan, it was her birthday. Friday, and we were about to leave on our flight later in the day, so we gathered with Jen's family, the Browns, to eat at a place, a restaurant. Well, when we walked in, Siobhan showed up, and we said, hey, Siobhan, happy birthday. Well, somebody at another table must have heard us. There was like, what, seven or eight of us? Yeah, plenty of us there. All of the Browns, me and Jen, just sitting at a big old table. We go to pay, and the waitress goes, no, you don't need to worry about paying. That table over there paid for you. I'm like, we're not even from here. Who on earth? They didn't know us. We didn't greet them. They heard that it was somebody's birthday, I guess. That was easily 100 bucks. It was so powerful to look up and see Mom and Dad Brown looking at each other, and their eyes got watery like this. They looked at each other, and they were so touched. They, because they'd been giving, and I felt touched. I felt my eyes watering. I was like, oh, I got some in my eye. You know, it's dusty in here. I don't know. But I felt so touched. I'm like, I did not know them. 
Now we give, we have a habit of giving. We love to give. But it always, it still blows me away when I receive because we've made it our habit and our lifestyle to give. It's fun to receive, it is, when you receive the harvest. But man, mom and dad brown, it touched them so much. It turns out that God had spoken to mom weeks before and she had stopped somewhere to eat and God told her, you need to pay for that family over there, pay for that table. It was two weeks before. And she obeyed God, and then she received a harvest, and we all received a harvest. It's just amazing to me. It's better, it's more blessed to give than to receive. But at the same time, Luke 6.38 says, give and you shall receive. Make it a habit. How can I give? My time, my money, my abilities. How can I give? What can I give? Some, I've had folks say, well, I don't have any money. Can you serve somewhere? Can you help? Can you listen? Can you give of your time? Can, man, people don't even know. The folks that help here, and many of you help in many different ways, the folks that help here, it always blesses and touches my heart because you're giving that to God. One day you're going to stand before God as you serve and help and give. This is for all of you. And he's going to go, man, that Sunday morning you greeted me at that door. That Sunday morning you gave me a hug in the sanctuary. That Sunday morning, and you're going to say, Lord, when did I ever see you? And he's going to say, oh, man, when you do this for one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it for me. When you bump into somebody and help them pick up their stuff, I'm reminded of the story of a guy in a New York subway years and years ago. And he was on his way to work. He was a businessman. And he bumped the little newspaper boy. You guys remember those? The little boys selling, little kids selling newspapers? Well, he bumped into the newspaper boy, and the newspaper boy dropped all of his papers all over the floor. It was a busy, busy subway. I believe it was New York. And the businessman stopped, put his bag down, and began to help the little boy and gather all the newspapers. And the little boy stopped and looked up at him and said, Mr., are you Jesus? Can you imagine? Many will never see Jesus except for the picture on the wall. But they will see him in you. As you serve and help, and listen, and give. Should you do more of this? That's between you and God today. I can only give you the truth, and give you the word, and give you Jesus' life, and tell you, Jesus brought hope to you. Now can you bring hope to someone else because of the story, and the life of Jesus, and Jesus living inside of you? Can you bring hope, the thrill of hope this holiday season? Hope is thrilling, especially when you've been hopeless. We've been through seasons in our lives where we say, man, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And then you get good news and you say, man, I am thrilled by this hope. I wish I would have come up with that. We stole that from a song, The Thrill of Hope. The weary world rejoices, right? The thrill of hope. Jesus brought us hope. And this is how we can bring hope. Light and hope for us, but light and hope to share with others. I believe one day, in wrapping this up today, I believe one day you're going to stand before God. I'm going to stand before God. And he's going to talk to us about hope, and he's going to talk to us about the gifts that he gave us. I gave you these things, and you gave of the things I gave to you. Or, man, you could have given more of what I gave you. Don't you get hope or anything else that God has given you and bury it like the parable. That's a treasure God has given you. You share your hope. You share the salvation that has come to your life. You share what God has given you, okay? Don't hold on to it. Don't bury it. You, you give it out. 
You pour yourself out, and I promise God will refill you over and over and over again. Would you bow your heads today and pray with me? Is there anybody in this house who says, I have never come to know Jesus as my Lord, ever. I've never confessed him as my Lord. I've never prayed the prayer of salvation. Is there anybody in this house, would you raise your hand today? I'm going to pray with you. You say, I've never raised my hand for that. I've never come to know the Lord. I don't know where I'm going to go if I die. Is that you today? All right. Here's my next question for the end of this service. My next question is, did something in that message, one of those points, even if it was one line, one word, one verse, one thought, one statement, did it touch your heart and speak to you this morning? I want you to raise your hand. If it spoke to you somewhere in your life, then God is going to really multiply it right now, and that's what I'm going to pray for in Jesus' name. God, the words that were spoken today, I'm just the messenger, but God, let it fall on good ground. Let it stay there. Let it germinate. Let it grow into something beautiful and wonderful, something that multiplies and reproduces and is shared, God. Let us serve and help and listen and give like Jesus. God, we can't make it in life without you. We can't do it in life without you. We were reminded that with God all things are possible. But Lord, continually remind us of that and help us to give hope to a dying world. Help us to give hope to a dying world that we would overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. God, touch every heart in this place today, God. I just want to slow down and see, God, and believe that you touch every heart in this place, Father God, right where they need it the most, the area of hope, the area of service, the area of helping, helping or listening or giving. God, whatever it is, God, draw us back to you. We are your people. We are your people, God. Help us to share the hope that Jesus' mom received when the angel spoke to her and said, you'll name him Jesus and he will save his people from their sins he will save his people from their sins you are his people and he has saved you from your sins now give hope to the world don't trap it in your own heart don't bury it you give that out ask god to give you opportunities father give us opportunities and moments today tomorrow this week through next sunday the rest of our lives to give and share hope and to serve and to love and be examples and god to walk like Jesus walked in these areas and in this way. We thank you, Lord God. We believe today. 